0: Hey everyone and welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about anime episodes 210 through 212, which will be covering manga chapters 308 through 313. Now we get into the good stuff of the debut back fight, the grocky ring game with Zoro and Sanji. And yeah, I can't wait to talk about these episodes. So we'll start off with a quick synopsis. So we reached the conclusion of the donuts race with the Straw Hats taking a commanding lead just when victory is all but assured. Foxy unleashes his devil fruit power the Noronoro beam to slow them down causing them to lose and as a result they get chopper stolen from the crew. Now having lost a crew member it's up to Zoro and Sanji to take on the Foxy pirates in a game of Grocky Ring but they first need to figure out how to work together in order to win. So these few stretches of episodes is actually far more closer to the manga In terms of differences. So we obviously still have Luffy and Sanji still participating in the donuts race until going into the coral reef part. As mentioned in the last podcast, they were actually never part of this race to begin with. And so they pretty much quickly get dispatched in the beginning of this episode so that it becomes more faithful to the manga. And then the Gronky Ring game is, for the most part, very faithfully adapted. Aside from making Sanji's uh, Torajime Hash and the Bukitir shoot, which finishes off Hamburger, much more embellished with several more kicks added to it. In the manga, it's just two kicks, with the first being the Torajime Hash, where he launches himself at the face of Hamburger, and then the Bukitir shoot where he launches him up from below. Then finally, at the end of these episodes, the big change was the... Obviously the one where Luffy ends up stealing Sherry back instead of Chopper setting up the filler portions of the debut back fight. Because normally this is the point where Luffy gets Chopper back and it's basically even going into the very final round. And yeah that doesn't happen here obviously. Alright so let's get into my thoughts on these episodes. So the donut race continues as Nami uses her navigation skills to get past the coral reefs with the help of another blast from Usopp's impact dial. The last stretch of this race is actually pretty funny with Foxy and Hamburg trying to trick them in various ways. And I, for for some reason, find it really funny how each time they, for a split second, act like they're genuinely about to believe the trick, but then immediately get angry mid-sentence. Like, how would anyone fall for these obvious tricks? But it's just, it's so funny how they sort of do the comedic timing of these jokes. I even laugh at the part where uh, Portia falls for their own captain's fake finish line because they look, they actually look genuinely confused as to like why they haven't won the race. <laughs> it's so funny how how confused they are. However, at the very end of the race, just as the Straw Hats are about to win, Foxy reveals his devil fruit powers and slows them down to allow Portia and her crew to win. This is the point where you begin to feel so annoyed and frustrated with this competition as it's completely unfair and cheap how the foxy pirates are competing in this game even if it's a game based on like pirate culture and there's this element of underhanded play they take it to an absurd frustrating degree and it only gets worse from here and i don't know about you but i still get heated and angry over just everyone in the Foxy Pirates and how they sort of respond and how they cheat and to Oda's credit man he does an amazing job at making you feel just absolute anger and frustration over th- these Davy back fights in a good way though not like I'm angry and annoyed because it's unpleasant but it's just the fact that the story has drawn me in so much that yeah I do feel really annoyed and angry for the Straw Hats. Foxy then explains his devil fruit as the noronoro noro no mi or the slow soul fruit. Now, noronoro noro being the Japanese colloquial term for someone who's slow or slow moving. Like when referring to someone who's moving or doing something really slowly, they're being noronoro noro or noronoro Shteru. And yeah, it's an interesting devil fruit, I must say. And it seems like it would be super powerful too. I, You know, physically, Foxy doesn't seem to be very strong, but that devil fruit would be very useful if not for one very crucial weakness which we'll find out much later on towards the end of the debut back fight also this is not really irrelevant or important but kind of a stickler to detail foxy states that his noronora beam takes and makes things slow for 30 seconds and when he demonstrates this i actually counted the seconds on the cannonball that he does it when he first shows it to the strong hats and it actually only lasts about 21 seconds before it hits him Again, not that that matters, but it's a weird continuity or time-stretching error. But as a result of losing the first game, the Foxy Pirates choose Chopper and steal him away from them. This moment is actually kind of sad and hard to watch as Chopper is panicking and screaming and crying to Luffy that he doesn't want to go with them, And it's really heart-wrenching to watch. It's sometimes easy to forget that because he's not human that Chopper is still a kid. He's only 15 years old at this point in the story and it's got to be scary to be venturing out into the Grand Line but then to be sent to a creepy-ass crew when you don't even want to be there has got to be the worst feeling in the world and you really do feel for a chopper here. However though, we get an amazingly epic moment from Zoro and Chopper as Chopper is panicking and he doesn't want to be part of another crew. Out of nowhere, Zoro yells sternly and lectures him about being a man and living with the consequences of his decisions, especially the one to set out to see. And Chopper rather unexpectedly sucks it up, literally, and takes it with a brave face. And this is such an awesome moment. As a nice mini payoff to the sort of the big brother relationship that has so slowly been developing over the last, you know, several arcs between the two of them ever since Chopper joined the crew. It seems like Zoro is being insensitive here like Nami mentions, but Zoro is right here on a lot of points. I mean, first off, the idea of taking responsibility and living with the consequences of your choices is an important lesson to internalize even in real life. Too many times we want to place blame on someone else when things don't go our way, but really we need to be honest with ourselves and take responsibility. From there we can figure out what needs to be done next. The next thing that Zoro teaches Chopper here is that by complaining about the outcome that he's disrespecting his nakama for the effort that Nami, Usopp, and Robin showed during the race, they tried their hardest and unfortunately they came up short. But that's not their fault. And by complaining like this basically kind of disrespects their effort. And kind of along that line, lastly Zoro teaches Chopper patience and trust when he mentions that Chopper should await the results of the entire game and implying that he should show a little more trust in his nakama to win the next games to win him back. This is especially impactful considering that Zoro is the one in the next game and directly able to get Chopper back. And obviously he himself is confident that he can do it. And yeah, it's a really powerful scene. And in any case, you know, I really love this moment, not just because of all the important life lessons that it kind of teaches you and how the attitude you should have towards life, but also this is a really great moment for both Zoro and Chopper in terms of their characters. And speaking of the next event, This is probably my favorite of the three. There's just something about the idea of seeing Sanji and Zoro working together. It's just something that would excite anyone. And this is the first time where they're kind of forced to do so. And the next event is the Groggy Ring game. It begins with Chopper being stolen. So it's now a two on three with the Straw Hats only having Sanji and Zoro. And now they're a man down. This situation is a little bit more apparent in the manga because they... Again, as I mentioned in the last podcast, they had to decide who would be participating in which event. And they only get to participate once. And so originally, they had chosen the second event to be Sanji, Zoro, and Chopper. And so by having Chopper stolen, they no longer can have someone sub in for him. And so now it becomes a two-on-three as opposed to a three-versus-three. And so, yeah, there's this kind of strategy with the Davy back fight that's kind of lost in the anime version because it's never really discussed as to like who would participate in which event and yeah I feel like the manga just does explain this a lot better and it's just more explicitly explained in the manga But yes, Sanji and Zoro as usual can't get along or work together. And the exchange and silliness surrounding which one of them has to be the ball man is already funny in and of itself, with Zoro just casually assigning Sanji as the ball man and Sanji protesting. I think my favorite insults between Zoro and Sanji are the side remarks Zoro often makes in the foreground of the camera. But I love how Zoro tries to unconvincingly placate Sanji by telling him how good he looks as the ball man and Sanji immediately seeing through that BS. But I also love the prince joke playing on Sanji's preference to be called prince. And Zoro following up at him with the prince of moron kingdom. (laughs) Or I think in the subtitles they call it moronica. But I I don't know if you directly translate it, it is just moron kingdom. But ultimately Nami has to just show some love to Sanji for him to be fired up about being the ball man just to get him to do the job. We then get introduced to their opponents from the Foxy Pirates, the Grokki monsters, who look pretty formidable in size, with hamburg, pickles, and big pun, which is kind of obvious, but all their names and their color schemes are to reference the components of a hamburger. The only one that may not be as obvious to some is Big Pun. In Japanese and some other languages, Pung is the word for bread, so Big Pun just basically he serves as the buns of the burger. <laughs> And this becomes pretty clear when they prep for their final attack, the Monster Burger, at towards the end of the game. Another interesting is Big Pan is also interesting as he's a hybrid of both a Giant and a Fishman, which is something we've never seen yet in the series. And seeing as what we know about both of these races and how powerful already plants in our minds just how formidable Big Pan alone will be, You know, not to mention Pickles and Hamburg who are also pretty big and strong looking as well. And this is well showcased by that one framing at the beginning of the episode where the camera pulls back from Sanji and Zoro who are tiny and they get smaller and smaller to fit Pickles and then Big Pun in the frame. Pretty good bit of directing and visual storytelling right there. I just have to call out the random coin flip gag joke here. It's so stupid, but it gets a laugh out of me every time, mostly due to Sanji's voice actor, Hiroaki Hirata, and the way he delivers his line when Hamburg chooses tails and the ref asks what the Straw hats choose, and Sanji's like, there's obviously only heads left. (laughs) Yeah, just the way he delivers that line, Yeah, it's just pretty funny. However, one joke that does get really old is, I don't really find all that entertaining, is when Luffy casually makes fun of Foxy and you know, Foxy taking that really hard, it's not really all that funny, and it happens so much that it gets less and less funny, and I know it plays an important part in the final battle, as well as, you know, throughout the filler part, but I think the filler also makes this much, much harder to tolerate, too, because in the canon stuff, it it happens, but it's not all that often, and so you can kind of look past it, even though it's not really that funny of a joke. But the fillers just make it unbearable. And by the time you're done with the debut back fight, you're just kind of like, this is such a stupid joke and it's not even that funny. And so, yeah, that's one fault that I would have for this whole mini arc. However, with that, the match can finally begin. And immediately right off the bat, Sanji is caught off guard with by Big Pan's slippery skin as he's a loach. And I'll be honest, I had to look up what a loach was when I first saw this. And for those that are lazy, they're a type of elongated fish that can be found in a variety of freshwater habitats. However, I found no indication of like the extra slippery scales that Oda may have drawn inspiration from. So I don't know where he got that from, but and I think he just made that up, but it's pretty funny. But yeah, I had no idea what the hell a loach was before I saw this episode. But this gets Sanji in some trouble as he's tossed around and almost scored on But he and Zoro managed to prevent this. I think one thing to note is it's clear, and we also knew this, but these guys are still no match for Zoro and Sanji in terms of strength, as they knock Pickles and Hamburg out temporarily, like, out of the game, really. And they're knocked unconscious. So clearly, strength-wise, Zoro and Sanji are much, much stronger than these two. And I don't think that was ever in doubt, because Zoro and Sanji are beasts, you know. They're the monster trio. Another really random and hilarious gag that I find really funny when watching this episode is that argument that Zoro and Sanji have right after this. It's not so much what they yell at each other, but it's how they yell it. How they alternate between calmly talking and then full-on crazy yelling at each other. It's <laughs> it's great that they let um, Hirata and Nakai go off the rails here as they just... It this this argument only happens in the anime, and just the way the way they do it, it's like really quiet and soft, and it's like nah, and it's just like what? It's just so funny to, to like listen to. However, as of now, with Pickles and Hamburg down for the time being, Usopp pleads with the pair to get it together and go after the Ball Man while it's just him on the field. However, they can't get near him as Big Pan has started to stomp and chase them. And they can't fight back because he's cheating with these giant blades as, you know, as cleat spikes on his shoes. Although one continuity error, again, for the sake of a joke, is that on the initial stomp, you can clearly see the underside of Big Pan's shoes. And there are no spikes. And then all of a sudden in the next scene, you see him with the blades on the bottom of his shoes chasing them. This continuity error arises from the fact that in the manga, since it's not a full motion video, you can hide the surprise for the joke easier. But in the anime, you can see it. And so in order to preserve the comedic effect, they still have to be surprised by that reveal of the blades on his shoes in that chasing scene. And I feel like if they wanted to, they could have easily avoided this by switching the camera angle to like a top down overhead shot and again it's a small nitpick but it's just yeah it's a really weird continuity error at this point Sanji protests to the ref saying that weapons aren't allowed but they just happen to not be looking and not calling the foul and this is where we get how they're going to cheat in this event and i don't know about you but i definitely felt Sanji's rage here during this event but it does make for some insanely funny comedic moments as when the camera turns back to Zoro being chased Big Pan now has an axe for some reason and he's chasing and swinging at Zoro. Then when Sanji gets convinced by Nami to go back in the game and to stop arguing, Sanji hilariously returns to the game in his original position of being chased and in danger when he could have easily tried to get around to a more advantageous position. And then they then get trapped in the Big Pan's slippery skin and they just kind of go round and round and round. And by then, Hamburg and Pickles have now revived and now they've got their own weapons and they unleash some devastating blows on Sanji and Zoro. The one hit to the gut on Zoro is particularly brutal. And you kind of really feel that one too, the way it's animated. And even in the manga, you feel it too. With both of them down and when all seems lost, they finally put their egos aside and agree to work together for 10 seconds. Easily another in a long line of epic One Piece moments. And this definitely is up there. Even though it's a game and not exactly a life or death situation, they realize something even more important is at stake here. If they lose a member permanently, there's no way to get them back, and I think for any one of the Straw Hats, they'd rather die than lose any other nakama. The thought of seeing these two powerhouses and the wings of the future Pirate King finally putting aside their differences and working together... Was so exciting and awesome. I remember when this scene first happened, I was just like, oh my god, they're finally gonna work together. Because you know, in the back of your head, that if they ever work together, they would be damn near unstoppable. I mean, they're already hella freakishly strong just by themselves, but if they ever work together, whew. And that is precisely what happens as they get their shit together and finally begin working together and they turn their weapons and strategies against the groggy monsters. In addition, they deal with that freaking annoying and cheating ref as well with a bit of help from Nami and her manipulating and thievery skills. They turn it around almost instantly with an amazing showing of their strength as Sanji unleashes a new awesome flipping launching kick thing called the Torajime Hash. And obviously I'm not as good as pronouncing French words, but he uses that move and finishes Hamburg off and then with the Bukatir shoot launches him up and this is the move you see Sanji doing in the new opening, Kokoro no Chizu. Even though it's a bit more extravagant here, as I mentioned in the differences section. Zoro, on the other hand, we get to see something really cool that we've never seen before. We see him perform one of his signature moves without any swords. And up till now, it never even occurred to me that he could do that. But we see him use Ryu or no sword style with tatsumaki to blast pickles into big pan. While we see Sanji and the return of one of my favorite moves, the anti-manor kick course, to keep Big Pan standing upright for the big combo move finisher. We then see Zoro dashing at Sanji and lands on his leg as Sanji kicks Zoro at Big Pan's head with the Arumedo power shoot. Again, apologies for that pronunciation. I just basically use the Japanese pronunciation instead of the French one. Also, fun fact, I mentioned this in the episode where I talked about the We Are One um, 100th celebration shorts but if you want to see an updated and more dynamic depiction of this particular moment reanimated you can watch the first episode of that as the episode's themes are built around this dynamic between Zoro and Sanji you know putting their differences aside and working together and you get to see this moment again and yeah I have to admit it looks way cooler but with that they get the victory and now Luffy gets to choose a member of the Foxy Pirates. However, shockingly, instead of retrieving Chopper, Luffy chooses to retrieve Tonjit's horse, Sherry. And as mentioned in the differences section, this is a huge departure from the manga. As in the manga, Luffy did use this opportunity to get Chopper back, but in the anime, they actually use this as a way to increase the length of the David Beck fight with the fillers. And so the big change was obviously that Foxy captured Sherry and was holding her hostage instead of shooting her and then now in order to extend the debut back fight he leaves it up to another game to get chopper back yeah i never liked this obviously i don't like filler but this choice even from the context of the filler story never makes any sense to me even Even if Luffy wanted to save Sherry, he would need to win both games anyways, and if he's confident enough, why would he risk losing Chopper, one of his cherished Nakama, when he could for sure get Chopper back now, and on the off chance he did lose the third game, at least he'd have only lost one Nakama instead of two. And so yeah, I just it just never made any sense to me. However, that being said, all that stuff leading up to Luffy's choice is really funny as random Foxy members who'd never get picked to start with wonder if they're going to get stolen. And also among the crowd of the random Foxy Pirates, you can also see as the camera pans across them, there is a Panda Man sighting at around 14 minutes and 20 seconds in the Crunchyroll stream. But before Luffy can actually make his decision, Nami makes a smart suggestion that the last game will probably involve Foxy himself and that if they steal him, instead they will probably win. But then the Foxy Pirates all start shaming Nami for that underhanded and play and start chanting that it's cheap to play a peanuts strategy couple things here even though nami gets embarrassed and ashamed here i feel like this play is just as justified as you know because it's nowhere near worse than the cheating and cheap offenses that the foxy pirates have employed thus far so they really have no moral ground to stand on and it's a smart play and i don't think there's anything wrong with it but Yeah, you know, obviously for the sake of the story, they they don't go that route. Also, this is much more impactful when in the manga you already know that the last match is going to be Luffy versus Foxy. It's a one-on-one match. So her strategy is really important because unlike the anime where it's like another team game, instead the last match is a 1v1. So if they just get rid of Foxy and steal him, by the rules, it'll just be Luffy left standing there and he'll win by default. And so this is actually a really smart play, but yeah, obviously none of that happens and it ultimately really doesn't matter, but it's just a really strange change again because of the filler aspect of it. Also, one thing I wanted to mention, when I saw this scene or read this scene for the first time, I never really knew what the term peanut strategy was referring to. I understood what it meant from context that it was just a cheap strategy, but I always thought to myself, was this some sort of a term that I was unfamiliar with in Japanese games or sports? Yet, I had never heard of this in any form. And so finally for this particular podcast episode, I decided to do some research. And it turns out, it's a term Oda completely made up. (laughs) It's just something just completely made up and so he explains this in sbs uh volume 34 in one of those he goes quote i don't know i tried using it in a sense like coward for fun it's not like i'm making fun of peanuts or anything peanuts from chiba are yummy (laughs) and so yeah there it is mystery solved i just i just thought that it was really funny and it always felt you know left me unsatisfied that i had no idea what this reference meant and because they kept yelling peanuts peanuts and i was like Am I missing something here? Like, is this some sort of a really well-known term? But it was just something he made up completely. But there you have it. The first two events down in the Davyback fight game with a shocking twist as we move into the third game. Now, the next podcast will cover the filler portions of the Davyback fight. So it'll cover all four episodes until the actual final game between Ruffy and Foxy. But yeah. If you did enjoy this, send me a like or a comment. And if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece, please consider subscribing. Check out my Instagram and Twitter account at SunnyGoPodcast if you want updates of when I post new episodes or see some pictures of my manga collection. You can check those out. No spoilers today. There's not really much to talk about. But yeah, as always, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast and I hope to see you on the next episode. Bye!